0: Hello everyone welcome to the episode 66 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today Chris Hanlon is a coach and facilitator who focuses on helping speakers and entrepreneurs to craft an impactful talk or presentation. Chris began learning his coaching as a martial arts instructor running a Kyokushin Karate Dojo in Wellington New Zealand. After working in a variety of industries. Chris found his place as an Instructional Designer and Facilitator for Telecom NG. In 2014, Chris teamed up with some like-minded people to launch TDX Rokura in Hamilton where he lives. In the following six years, Chris has built and honed his process for coaching speakers for the annual event. Now he teaches his big shift messaging framework to startup entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners and non-profit entrepreneurs to help them create impactful and engaging talks to deliver from stage, in pitches on Zoom or for video. A quite interesting journey as well as a lot more like, you know, transformed career journey. So let's just welcome him and hear more about his career journey. How did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that? Hello, welcome, Chris. Very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Thank you so much. And it's great to have somebody from the New Zealand. I have been there actually for one year. So uh, it's really very beautiful country. And finally, I got some guests from New Zealand, which is awesome to have on the show. So to begin with our episode, actually, uh, the first section is passion or interest. And, uh, I have a question under that segment, which is, you know, how did you find your interest in public speaking and coaching and what steps did you take to pursue that for passion and what it keeps motivates you like, you know, to do it more. Okay.
1: Um, so I guess I always liked being on stage a little bit, but, um, I didn't really think public speaking was a thing. Mm -hmm. When I was 16, I got into uh, Kyokushin Karate, like martial Uh art. And so what I did there was I ended up, you end up teaching. As you get better at it, you end up in front of the class teaching, that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. I got my black belt and I ended up running a club. And uh, that was training all the time. Mm -hmm. And I never really thought of it so much about coaching and training, but that's what it was. And its you go in and all these adults – would be looking at you and you're telling them what to do and and you're just taking charge of the situation. If anything goes wrong, you sort of uh, deal with it and make it look all right again. Um, And so I got quite used to that. Uh, Later on, I tried uh, Toastmasters, um, mainly because i just moved from one uh, city to another Mm -hmm. and I wanted to meet people. And I'd heard Toastmasters is a good thing. So I went and did that. It was fun. Uh, And the actual passion for coaching speakers, which is what I do now, sort of still took me by surprise. I volunteered to help the local TEDx. We started putting it together, TEDx Ruakura here in Hamilton, New Zealand. And uh, when we first got in, there was half a dozen of us, and we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, you know, it's, it's something new. And so all of us was doing a bit of everything. And we had six speakers for that first event there were six of us so we went oh we'll coach a speaker each um and that was obviously not a great idea (laughs) (laughs) Um, because we had a a trial a few a month out or something and we got these speakers all to come in and we we sat and watched and all the other (laughs) Uh other uh, coaches had been going oh that sounds good and Mm -hmm. didn't give them any feedback (laughs) and didn't give them any
2: Uh
1: constructive uh direction or anything and i just fell into that I'd been doing some um, training as an instructional designer at Telecom earlier. And so, yeah, that whole coaching thing just fell into place. And, yeah. and so I've been coaching TEDx Rukura speakers ever since, for the last seven years. Yeah.
0: So that's great, actually. And the one important point that you mentioned, like, you know, finding your passion or the interest is about, like, you know, experimenting the ideas, like, you know, um, giving every idea a chance and then finding out, that you know which will work and which will not work like the way you mentioned that you know yeah this is not a good idea that understanding of that thing also is a part of that journey i guess to finding out that interest the passion for the particular space where you are going to build your career in so thank you so much for sharing and uh, moving towards our next segment is uh, questions from the audience and i have just shortlisted a couple of questions for you so the first question under that segment is what is signature speaking and how is it different and how one can create a signature speak? How it is different from the public speaking, I guess, because... Um,
1: okay, it's, it's yeah. not the speaking that's a signature thing, it's the talk. So, um, for, for a lot of the TEDx people, not all of them, but for a lot of TEDx speakers that is their signature talk. They're talking about the thing that they're passionate about. Uh So by Shelley, if you were going to create a signature talk for you, it would be something that you could get in front of virtually any audience Uh and tell them, uh, give that talk. It would entertain them, it would move them, um, but basically it tells them what you're about. It will tell them what you're passionate about, which might be the Uh podcasting thing. leadership and why, why you're interested in leadership, how you got into leadership um, and studying that and, and and connecting with people around that. Mm-hmm. So the signature talk is like, it, it really is like your signature. It is what is makes me, me. It's what makes you, you. And so I think every business owner, particularly, uh, but probably other things as well, but every business owner should have a signature talk so that they can jump on stage and say, I founded this business or I'm in this business because of this. And this is how I feel about my uh, customers and my clients and and their problems. And this is what I do to help them. Um, And that's a signature talk to me.
2: Does
0: Does that answer the question? (laughs) <laughs> yeah that answers the question but one more thing actually when you uh, are talking about the signature speaking people a lot more talk about the branding nowadays right Everybody is either focusing on their personal branding or the professional branding so uh when we think about this uh, signature talk or the signature speech um do you think that it is it is like a huge part of it that kind of a branding oh yeah absolutely um i mean if,
1: if you've got a a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right?
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: you talk about branding, and if you're thinking about branding, everything's about branding. Mm-hmm. You know, the shirt I'm wearing is branding. This moustache is branding. You know, everything's yeah. branding. And Signature Talk is absolutely branding in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I do with our the Signature Talks that I help other people create, mm-hmm. so if you were to come to me and say, I want a Signature Talk, I'd help you create that, is... One of the things people get wrong, or I shouldn't say get wrong, but uh-huh. they try to put too much in. They try to tell them everything about themselves, everything that they know, and it's just overwhelming. And the audience is just sitting there going like this. They can't, you know what I mean? They, it's too much. So what, part of the art of giving a really good signature talk uh-huh. is that you meet them where they are, uh-huh. you ch- take them on a bit of a journey to where you want them to go, but you tease them and you tease them so much that they go after you get leave stage, somebody else comes on in the break, they want to find you to find out more, you know, at least the, the people that you're talking to, the customers that are out in the audience will. Um, so if you're, um, you know, your target audience is mm-hmm. women over 60, then they're going to come and try and find you. Um, yeah. not necessarily the other people, but yeah, that's what it's all about. So the tease is a big part of, um, Creating a signature talk that that creates that intrigue and gets people to to chase you because if you're If you're looking for lead flow or deals or whatever uh, Deal flow Mm -hmm. What you want the ideal is for people to be chasing you you don't want to be chasing Other people right as a business owner you want them to be chasing you and I believe if you can do a really good talk from the stage that's how you turn that tables um, so that the deals start chasing you rather than you chasing
2: them.
0: <laughs> yes, 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 and I completely agree on that part. The way you are saying it is a lot more like you know uh, people should like you. That kind of like whatever thought or the whatever values you stand for, it is more or like, like connecting to your audience. So thank you so much. And uh, there is one more section, uh, uh, one more question actually under that segment, which is as a filmmaker. You were your profile is like the most diverse I came across no. so, you know, so <laughs> as a filmmaker, how to deal with conflicting recommendations for reviewers?
1: so when you say conflicting recommendations, you mean like critique like getting yeah. criticism yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: um yeah uh it's it's hard i I think to be fair
2: uh-huh.
1: as a filmmaker you are always your biggest critic. (laughs) So if somebody comes along and they criticize it, generally speaking, they don't, they don't criticize it as much as you already criticize your own work.
2: Um,
1: As soon as you finish the film, you look at all the flaws and you go, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some films we've made that I'm I'm very proud of. There are some films we made that I'm not real proud of, Um, but every film was a learning experience. And so where we got one thing wrong in a film. Let me put it another way. We'd go into a film and we'd say, we want to do something and we want to focus on this. So we put together a film um, that was, we said, we want to do a lot of fighting. We want to do the action sequence. So we wrote it for that. And we were really happy with the fighting. The storyline was a little bit crap. Wasn't that great? It didn't win, uh, it didn't get us uh, into the semi finals of the Trop Fest that year, which is what we were entering it in. Um, whereas the previous films we'd all got into, mm-hmm. we got into Trop Fest. But yeah, so that's an example. So generally, it doesn't worry me uh, what people think. And I do try and pick up their point of view because mm-hmm. if they say it didn't make sense when you went from here to here, I don't know where that jump was. As a storyteller, that is good for me to know because I'm like, oh, I assumed they know knew or I might have left some clues in, but they weren't, um, they were too subtle or, and it might be a cultural thing. As you know, New Zealanders have their ho- own language, really. So if I put some New Zealand clues in there, somebody from outside of New Zealand may not have got them at all. Um, so, yeah, it's... I, I don't get too upset about uh, criticism on, on films and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I, I generally take it as as lessons. And
0: yeah. yeah, so definitely there is always a filtering, right? What to take and what not to take. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, our next segment is a little bit like a fun segment to bring that energy. So I'm going to give you three words which are more or associated with your profile, actually, or the career path. And uh, you have to tell me whatever comes to your mind immediately. It can be like a replacement word, or it can be like a short definition of it. So are you ready? Yep. Yeah. The first <laughs> thing that I can see in you, actually, the way you're speaking. So the first uh, keyword for you is hosting.
1: Hosting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hosting. Um hosting, I, yeah, hosting for me is really the, the idea of hosting is really about making people feel comfortable where Uh they're at, Uh and it's, it's an interesting thing to, to, to do, because Often when you're hosting someone, like if you're hosting on stage or something like that,
2: mm-hmm. they
1: are uncomfortable. And you need to bring that comfort for them. And it's, it's, it's a skill set in itself. Um, and I feel quite comfortable wherever I am. I, I just walking around in a nice bubble of comfort. So um, generally, I can help people out feeling more comfortable in, in all sorts of situations. So yeah, Okay,
2: okay. That's a
0: good one. And then second word is filming. Filming. Uh-huh.
1: So filming is such a short word. And when you're actually in there, there's so much going on. Uh-huh. Um, I, I often say that filmmaking, making, actually making films, is the biggest team sport out of sports. You know, outside of sports, uh-huh. it's the most team sport because there's so many people doing so many different things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if one of them gets it wrong, the whole thing doesn't come across, uh, come across very well. So, yeah, uh, filming's important.
0: Yeah. And the third word is talking, actually, that we are doing already. <laughs> and it's going great. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about when it comes to the talking? Talking. Um,
1: you have to really be able to listen to be able to talk. Uh, too many people and i was i i it was something i had to learn over years but when i was younger hopefully i've got it good now but uh, i would talk way too much and listen way too little uh now i'm i'm a bit better at that but it's definitely something people have to work on is to really think about uh the listening that they do Uh, so you can really converse because a lot of times and you know this. When somebody's saying something, you're thinking about what you're going to say next. And you've Mm -hmm. got to sort of let that go and really listen to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that's a skill. And it's a skill that can be learned, but it does take a bit of practice.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. And you really told like elaborative definitions actually for that one, which is like quite useful for the audience to understand the terms at least to begin with whenever they are thinking about anything. It starts with understanding of and exploring that particular area. So moving towards our next segment is a about exploring your career work and volunteering. So under that segment, actually, when I came across your profile, I was completely like, you know, seeing into it, like, you know, it got transformed a lot. And I think that is something kind of a learning from your career journey is that, you know, Um, how do you look into that particular career path when you look into your career journey and what made you to transform your career along the way?
1: So I guess the key thing is I wouldn't have looked at it as a career path. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have to say I don't plan my life that well in Mm -hmm. terms of I'll go with the flow. Um, I have an idea of where I want to go. And I I definitely have some value ideas of where I don't want to go. And so, but what I really enjoy are new experiences and new challenges. Mm -hmm. So that's why I've done so many uh, different things. The whole filming thing, one guy said to me one day, I'm going to a film club thing uh, after work. You want to come along? And I was like, okay. And I thought he meant watching films, but they're making films. Uh-huh. And I turned up and went, Oh, this is interesting.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: um, yeah, somebody said, How if you were to crash car and we wanted to film it, how would you do that? And I I gave them an idea of how I'd do that. And they said, Oh, do you wanna come and help with this film? So and that's that's how it started. So yeah, um I wouldn't recommend my career path, and, and I almost laugh when you say career path because I don't think it's a career path. Well, you uh, so have to,
0: anyway. uh, no, but uh, even though you say that, you know, uh, uh, the way you mentioned it in your interest or the passion, you mentioned that one or the other idea doesn't work. So, might be that is something that went under your career transformation where you, you know, you tried actually whatever ideas you had in the mind and then after that you had something specific that you know because when i see the career profile as well uh you started as in the telecom and then you were like you know uh in the filmmaking again you were into the uh like a TV thing and then you again get back to the signature talking and the uh, coaching kind of so when i see like you know you were worked as a trainee trainer and facilitator also actually in one of your career path along the career path so when i see that actually i think uh, it was there inside you even though you transformed communication coaching was there as a part of all those fields actually whether you were in the telecom or the training or filmmaking or you were doing the tdx so finally you landed up having the full-fledged i guess focus on that particular area but that was there already in your career path how do you yeah, see? no, I agree. I, I you you're right. You're right.
1: And I think to some degree I've always been a coach, like mm-hmm. since I was sixteen, since I was doing the the martial arts thing. Mm-hmm. And um and it is what I really love doing. Uh so but it's so funny though. I, I think I I think you'll agree with me, but many of us mm-hmm. what we're really good at, we don't value. We don't think anyone else values it because You know, Mm -hmm. we're really good at it, and it wasn't until I'd I'd coached a few uh, speakers and they were just like, "This is amazing." I was like, Mm -hmm. "Oh, really?" I thought it was just normal, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, and then I started to realize that yeah, it was something that not only was I really good at, which is great, but I really enjoy it. So that's
0: you can't beat that. thank you so much for sharing and before before we move towards the next segment actually i have one more question around the speaking so if you know the mark twain the writer who has a famous quote where he said that you know uh, there are two kinds of speakers actually one is the nervous and then the other criteria is the liars so how do you see how many people speaking do you see any other criteria under that
1: i i I would i would disagree with mark twain yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. <laughs> and, and, and that's a really good point. And, I, and I'll give you something. I'll, I'll tell you something I think is important. So mm-hmm. a lot of people say, I want to be more confident in speaking. Can you help me be more confident? Mm-hmm. And it's not really about building your confidence. It's really about knowing what you're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: if I was to sort of build you, so by Charlie, I'm going to build up your, your confidence but you don't know what you're talking about. That's, mm-hmm. that's sort of fake. It's not a thing, right?
2: Yep. Um,
1: but if I say, what is it you want to talk about?
2: Mm-hmm. Let's
1: get deep into that. Let's talk about the story and how that's going to impact your audience and how, it, how what you have to share really will help them and change their lives. Mm-hmm. And you know that and you feel confident about that. And we practice that so you can just say it without thinking. It's just there. When you get on stage, you're not nervous. There's a little bit of excitement. There's always that little bit of, of nervous um, excitement, but you the confidence thing does not be is is no longer a problem
2: mm-hmm. because
1: it's not about you. It's about the audience, and so if you're giving it for them and you're there for them, you've got nothing to be worried about.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. thank you so much for sharing and the next segment is about tips and advice though we have covered a lot of things actually how it goes when it comes to finding your passion or the interest and uh, getting into that point where you feel that okay this is my passion and I want to look th- this field as my long-term career option so there are a lot of outside like you know students and the professionals who are there in early career uh, stage, who are looking to get into their passion or the interest. So what kind of advice would you like to give to the people who are looking at this as their area of interest and want to grow in this particular area area where it is, you know, comes to coaching yes. and coaching?
1: Okay. So if, if I want to help somebody who wants to do a talk, is that, uh-huh. that who you're meaning? Um, if what you need to do, first of all, is work out what it is that you've got to offer Mm
2: -hmm. and what that you
1: do for somebody. Um, So I've developed this uh, framework. I call it the big shift messaging framework. And Mm -hmm. it just means you want to talk to an audience, you want to make a big shift in their mindset or their understanding or whatever it is. And the messaging is how you do that. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: so I'll give you a real quick brief rundown is, The first thing you want to do is you've got to figure out where your audience is right now. So they're here to start with. They might have preconceptions. They might um, think things are this way, even though you know they're not because you're an expert, but that's what people believe. Mm -hmm. And then you want, at the end of the talk, you want to get them to hear. And Mm -hmm. you've got to define where they are now. So you've got to do a bit of a brainstorm, write it out. Where are they now? Then you write down this is where I want them to be at the end of my talk. If it's a two minute talk or a 10 minute talk or an hour talk, whatever it is, Uh this is where I want them to be. And so you write that and then you go, okay, so how do we get them from here to here? Uh If, If you have, they believe one thing, you want them to believe another thing, they're going to come up with some objections. So you write those objections down, you write down, they'll say, oh, but my grandmother always told me this, or, you know, Uh we've always done it this way, or your competitor says this thing's better, whatever it is, all those objections, and you put those in order here, and that's your journey, and you just talk through all those objections, and you Uh get from start to the end, that is how you craft a talk, Um, that's a very simplified way of doing it, but, um, and then you've got to layer on emotion, and there's a whole bunch of things about performance, but yeah, that's, that's what you want to do if you are at home right now watching this or listening to this and you say, I want to, um, I want to put together a talk that really puts across to my audience what I'm all about and, and uh-huh. my passion. Where are they now? Where do you want them to be at the end of the talk? Uh-huh. What are their objections? What is What do you have to overcome to get them uh-huh. there? And just start writing those down. And once you've got that, you'll be surprised. Things just fall together a lot easier.
0: huh yeah yeah that's great actually and that's great advice to have anybody to have and uh, moving towards our uh, last section which is about the leadership so you are truly truly reading your area of interest and you have went through an interesting journey of career like you know to finding out that particular area of interest so what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why
1: right so my leadership style um, is very direct um if I'm coaching people,
2: uh-huh.
1: we have a good chat beforehand because I'm quite a taskmaster coach, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I i would not say I'm really harsh. I, I've, I've mellowed a bit, but I, I def, I don't shy away from telling you if I think that's not good enough. I will uh-huh. say that's not good enough. You've got to do better, or you don't want to do it that way.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I do know how to teach. Um, well, so I'm not going to be like hassling you if you don't know anything because I'll, I'll have to teach you, right? So, <laughs> so it's, it's not like that, but from a leadership style, um, it's much more. I set a standard, um, yeah. and and I believe and, and leaders that I follow would be leaders that they would never expect anyone below them to do something they wouldn't do themselves, mm-hmm. so even, um when I have been managing teams uh, in the past and there's a dirty job nobody wants to do, Uh I'll do it the first time. Then I'll give it to somebody else next time, but they can't complain because they know I did it. So you know what I mean? And so that's that's sort of like the leader I suppose I admire the most in that Uh sort of realm would be Richard Branson, probably. Wow. Um, that sort of thing. So he he's very hands on, and he okay. listens to people, um, and he's very direct, and he's very yep. This is what we want to get done. So yeah.
0: How about the New Zealand Prime Minister? I oh, she she's, she's yeah. great.
1: Um, I I think she's great. Uh, not everybody here thinks she is, but I think most 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 people do. Um, and and the interesting thing is that her degree uh-huh. and her qualifications are all about communication, mm-hmm. right? So the opposition in, in the election that we had recently, the opposition leader,
2: uh-huh. she had
1: um, qualifications degrees in, I think it was economics and business, uh-huh. I think, uh, something like that anyway. And she was very highly qualified, but she couldn't communicate as uh-huh. well as Jacinda. And so, yeah, Jacinda's just, I, I think that's a telling thing. I think the ability to communicate um, mm-hmm. sets the level for your um, how you're going to go in life. It mm-hmm. really does. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, yep. yeah
0: those are very important aspects actually and thank you so much so much for sharing and one more thing i wanted to mention is like in new zealand is a covid free country right
2: yes <laughs> yes great uh,
0: actually <laughs> great to hear that and uh, hopefully we uh, we will be out from this situation soon the whole world so thank yeah. you so much really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show and uh, like being impromptu, actually, uh, with a lot of questions and uh, coming up with the answers. So, thank you so much. And uh, hope you know, once it is out, you will enjoy it as well.
1: Absolutely. I'll be sharing it around.
0: <laughs> so much. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for Shali.
2: Take care.
0: And as per our new tradition, before we end this episode, I'm going to have a closure quote which says Develop a passion for learning. If you do, you will never cease to grow by Anthony D'Angelo. So on that quote, we are closing this episode and see you guys in the next episode. Until we meet happy leading, let's live together. Stay safe. Bye for now.